0: Greetings and welcome to this episode of Aviation TV Connected. I'm your host, David Danta. We've been going through a little bit of uh, uh, technical uh, somersaults today, so apologize if we're a little punchy, but if, for those of you that follow our shows, we're always typically a little punchy, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I'm joined uh, by, my, uh, by a co-host on the show. Uh, um, Tim, why don't you introduce yourself for a second?
1: Hello, my name is Tim Albright.
0: I'm from Nation. That's great, thank you. And we have two guests that are gonna talk to us about uh, future in technology. Uh, Let me have uh, uh, Neil introduce himself. Sit up, Neil, come on.
2: Sorry, sorry, everybody. I'm uh, morning, uh, afternoon. I'm Neil Flewister, I'm a product director at Poly and uh, great to be here this morning, this afternoon.
0: That works, thank you. I told you we'd be punchy and David, introduce yourself.
3: Hi, I'm David Maldo, the founder of Let's Do Video covering everything you see.
0: Okay, terrific. Thanks, guys. So I, I, th- what I really want to talk about is that there, for this episode is that there's, there's a lot of new technology that people may not be aware of that's eking into the avian collaboration space. You know, this is a, 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 an interesting pair of – and it cuts across all technologies. This is an interesting pair of – I mean, they're not headphones um, that I got at CES from uh, from the Clear Audio folks, really brilliant people in the industry. They don't compete with anything that I do. This is, you know, if you're working out, if you're walking, and you'd like to hear music – but you don't want to cover your ears. So there's gonna be this whole new category of of, of wearable um, devices where you know these you know this is I think this is their first generation product where it's speakers that are near my ears their second generation product which I don't have here actually does beam forming um, to your ears so I mean you, you gotta you gotta love it when you see changes that are actually you know moving the progression forward here's another one which I think is actually a little bit silly but uh, um, I got I got about uh, uh, five of these from uh, the folks that uh, do telephone holders oh snap where you know it's, it's it fits on your on your mobile device and and when you pop it out you can hold it that way or you can turn it or you can prop it with a screen or it's magnetic so you know the people are going to technologies that that we used to use you know whether it was you know a pair of headphones or something as silly as, uh, as something that that you hold your your mobile phone with and really thinking about it differently and changing the way it operates and that's kind of what we're talking about here today um, I'm gonna start with uh, with David because you know we've been doing webcasts like this one like live ones like other ones for years and years and nobody's really ever tried to think about changing the dynamic and david's come along here and, and presented some really outstanding courses at a couple of the live events um and he's going to demonstrate some of that for us right now so david you want to do that and, sure, and neil and, and tim kick in whenever you like this is a group conversation
3: yeah oh, you know i wasn't expecting uh, wearables but i happen to have right here Uh, Bose sunglasses and you wear them and there's nothing that goes in your ear and you think it would sound like tinny and far away Like if you had headphones away from your ear, but I guess it goes like right through your head or something It sounds like you're wearing headphones. It's amazing. So so wearables is a thing Um, But uh, what I want to share with you today is something that I call live video editing We've been doing like David said webinars video calls the same way for years, and recently through a hobby, which I'll explain later, I learned this technique that I can do basically anything I would do in post-production, anything you do in Premiere Pro, video editing, um, I can do live. So in the next five minutes, I'm gonna try to show you things which, unless you've been watching my recent webinars, I think you've never seen before. So five minutes. Virtual assistant, please start the timer. Get a little closer to the mic. And by the way, this is new, so some of it is a little, little tricky. I need to turn on the virtual assistant. Virtual assistant, please start the timer.
0: Okay, David, I've started a five minute timer.
3: Okay, and I'm gonna bet that in the five minutes, I'm gonna show you things you've never seen before. Uh, and I probably already won, because I'm assuming most of you never seen a virtual assistant start a timer. But let's do the normal webinar thing, right? What do we do? We share a screen. Virtual, dis- virtual assistant, please share my screen. Virtual assistant please share my screen.
0: Okay David, sharing
3: screen. Okay, so this is the Let's Do Video website. Uh, I suggest you go up to the top menu podcast. You've been doing some fun podcasts. I show how to do my tricks and everything. And this is the way that I meet with my clients and I show off my website. But the thing is this isn't right. When I'm meeting, it's not about the content. I mean it is, but the primary thing isn't the primary message isn't the website or the PowerPoint that I have behind me it's me and I'm stuck in this tiny little box. So what I want to do is just sort of reach out of the box and get out of the box completely and just be with my content. Virtual assistant, get rid of the box.
0: Okay, David, let's change the way we do webinars.
3: Virtual assistant, make me full-sized.
0: Okay, David, I've changed the camera view.
3: Okay, so now I'm with my content. Now I'm like a weatherman. Now I can interact. I can do all sorts of fun things. And you might say, well, hold on a second. You're in the way. Okay, fine, I'll just move myself to the side. And if, if there's something on this side that I want to show, okay, I'll just move myself to the other side. I can do anything I want. And I really mean anything I want. You think, okay, so I've learned some, some camera tricks. Um, um, I'm able to move my camera around. I'm able to put whatever I want behind me, but it's a lot more than that. I can do anything I want. I wanted to try my last podcast. I thought it'd be fun to do as a newscaster. So in a very short amount of time, I created this. If I want to do a, uh, an interview, a little program, I can... Hello, guys. How's it going? Good to see you today. Welcome to the Let's Do video. <laughs> um, I could do anything I want. And, and the backgrounds, if I want something a little bit more... Um, like this little cityscape. And the way I came up with this stuff is it's because of a hobby. Uh, About three or four years ago, I was watching this website called twitch.tv. If you haven't heard of it, it's, it's the biggest thing in streaming. It's massive. Millions of streamers. Amazon bought it for a gazillion dollars. And it started out being primarily about video games. Video game streamers, stream themselves in a pip with the video game behind them. And I'm too old to play all the games, but I like video games. I wanted to see what the new ones were. So I watched the kids play them. And at about the same time, I decided I wanted to start learning guitar. And Twitch opened up Beyond Gaming. They have art, they have cooking, they have music, they have people streaming all these things. And I saw these guitars streaming themselves. So I started a guitar stream about two years ago. I've been streaming five, six nights a week. Uh, I'm, um, within the guitarist community, we're all friends, and I started using the software that the streamers use. But being me, being a software analyst, I started learning all the buttons and all the tools and all the tricks. And I learned to do some amazing things. And just to show you, because we only have a minute left before I, before I, I have to make my promise, I'm going to show you some things that I do in my guitar stream. And no, you wouldn't do this in a business webinar, but I'm not a marketing person. I'm not a a creative person. I'm an analyst. Imagine what a marketing team could do with these sort of crazy fun effects. Imagine if you're selling a video game, you can put yourself in the video game. Um, I like to do, this is a fun one. When I'm playing guitar, I want to feel like a rock star. So I made myself a rock star and during my guitar stream and people show up in the chat and request songs. I have my guitar and I play the songs for them, but I do it like this. Now, again, are you going to use this in a business webinar? Probably not this exactly, but you know, you could definitely use the techniques, use the ideas, use the concept of total freedom. Oh, It looks like I, I messed up and started my timer again. Let me turn that off and I think it's, it's almost done, but um, just another fun example. Sometimes I, I, I want to, in the middle of my stream, get a drink or something. I could just say, I'll be back in a minute, or I could say, be right back. Yeah. Now, that's just fun, and that took a little, this was advanced, this was advanced, but that's just fun. I'm sorry, I love that. Serenity now,
0: okay. David that's very cool stuff and it, Sorry it reminds to interrupt,
3: me, but your
0: timer is up that, that's very cool stuff it It reminds me that um, when when I learned television production um, when I was in school, um, we learned about what the what each transition meant you know so obviously you can cut or you can dissolve or you can fade and each one had a connotation in the mind's eye of what it meant to change in time and place or not and, and how it went. And then when they introduced television production to countries that didn't have it before without explaining those rules, you were seeing you know I remember India was one example and there are a few other ones this goes back many many years. when they first had it, you were seeing some wild things like wipes and, and pushes where they didn't specifically belong because no one explained any of the production rules when they just introduced the technology. So we're kind of at that phase right you, you now. You just describe you
3: just described Twitch.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just we're, described
3: we're,
0: Twitch. We're at that well, so I've, I've, I've I've seen Twitch. i my son's a gamer. I go to used to go to Evo every year. Um we um we are now we now have more capabilities than we had before, so now we need to build production rules around them. And certainly with everything that's been going on in the news around pandemics and moving conferences virtual and everything else, you know, these are tools that can take, you know, the same stodgy webinar and if used, you know, with some, you know, wraparound production rules around it can really, you know, make it a different experience than than the typical webinar. So, I mean, I think it's really cool. Tim, I don't want to be the only guy talking. What no, do you, no, what I, do you I, think?
1: I, well, I have a question. Do, do we have to have those rules, though? That, that's the thing is, um, uh, David and, and I was on with, uh, with Chris Netto a couple of weeks ago, and um, they, had, you guys had used a, a poly uh, system, a, a poly camera. There was not a camera operator, and though, although if you didn't know that, you would be hard-pressed to say that there wasn't, because the system itself... Uh, zo- zo- zoomed in and, and, and focused on the people talking. Sometimes it was a two-person shoot. Sometimes uh, our, our buddy uh, Tom Barry kind of chimed in all, over there in the left-hand corner from the peanut gallery, so it zoomed out and got everybody. At times it was David talking, so it was a one-person shot. I, I don't think that necessarily we have to, to reframe or, or put new, new, or the old rules in place because the upcoming generations are telling us what their rules are, Twitch is a perfect example of that. There are no rules. It, 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 there, there is a rule that the rules will be those that the community makes. And so there will be rules for business, right? David Maldo is right. You would necessarily put yourself in a, in a rock concert when you're presenting to a client. However, demonstrating something that you can do in the capabilities of a system, absolutely you might. So I don't know that, that, that the, the old rules apply.
0: No, I agree. I think we're, we're kind of trailblazing here and making new rules and new systems for yeah. it. David, have you had anybody reach out to you and say, I want to do this for a conference or for, for, for a webinar in the past?
3: You know, the reaction that I've been getting to just recently, I've been doing my webinars this way. and uh, it's, it's, And some of the webinars have been about this, but some of the webinars have been about something else, but I've used these techniques. And regardless, I get questions, how is David doing that? How can I learn how to do that? Uh, I gave a presentation at ZoomTopia live, and the, and the very first question after the presentation was, "Are you making a tutorial?" So I have a small starter tutorial. If you go to Let's Do Video com, uh, podcast number fifty is a basic tutorial on how to get started, and I made that because every time I do this, people are saying, "Hey, come on, how are you doing that?"
0: And it, it's you know the. We I'm gonna use the we for the four of us, even though you know I, i'm I'm assuming, but I, I think I know you guys. We tend to build these things so that we can operate them so yeah i can hit seven buttons with my left hand and three with my right hand while i'm twiddling my left foot and you know you know hitting the, the bass drum at the same time you know that's not necessarily how the typical um, webcast participant or operator is going to operate so it's one thing to be able to do it even with a tutorial it's another thing for us to make it slick and easy and and you know as you're showing with a virtual assistant so that so that you know it doesn't take you know one of us to do it it can be done by anybody who's comfortable with just the basics of technology
3: and, and it, it is and, and the program that I'm using is it's called OBS open broadcaster software and it's 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 an open program. It's not made by a for profit company. So it's not the slickest interface. It's not um, Actually, it is a good interface. It really is good, but it's it's not designed to be consumer friendly. It's designed for streamers and yet there's 10000000 million 8-year-olds, you have to be 13, 13-year-olds 13 streaming on Twitch using it, and they're able to get it to work and they're able to use it. And there's also some 80-year-olds streaming on Twitch were are able to use it. But it's one thing to make your one scene and have your one thing behind you, and, and it's another thing to have what I have going on. So it's, it scales up. There's levels of, of how deep you want to dig into it and how good you want to get at it.
2: There's some add-on tools now for OBS as well. So you can get like a, an actual tactile controller. So rather than sitting there with key, hotkeys and things like that, you can, uh, Stream Deck is one, I think. And you can get these kind of... There you go. Um, See, this the is... Uh... Yeah, it's, yeah. The Stream Decks are brilliant. So you can you can obviously have the phase and transitions and stuff. I play with it a bit. I, I don't do Twitch. I've done some live stream stuff on my YouTube channel. Um, and certainly OBS is just awesome. Um, so, yeah. I, agree. I think the interesting point about webinars, you know, the challenge of any webinar is it's a linear, it's a linear thing, and you you got their attention at the beginning, but then the attention rate starts to fade off when you've got someone talking about this great presentation like this. It's hard to get their attention, and again, by adding in some of these scene changes, by adding, and we always find that having uh, multiple people speaking, just the difference of a couple of different voices keeps people awake and gets their attention but again firing up a webinar with a bit more action is is all good in my mind um, so yeah. people on and keep them on.
3: interactivity the the webinar has been doing the more i can get the, the chat involved chat is a thing chat you, you treat chat like it's an entity it's it's yeah. you know it's all about the chat and one thing i did in a uh, last few webinars let me see if i can get this to work is um very, I put the chat in, up on the screen with me. You questions, so, and then you answer them back. Yes. So, so during during the webinar, I said, hey, has anyone ever seen a webinar where they had someone doing, a, uh, doing the rock star scene? And everyone types, no, no, no. And I move to see Wins. Oh, David says no. Tim says no. Hey, chat's lighting up here. Hey, has anyone ever had a really bad webinar experience? The chat went crazy, and I'm smiling, laughing, and everyone's saying, hey, I'm seeing my name in the chat. I'm seeing my name in the chat. Those yeah. people were not about to log off. Those people did yeah. not leave the webinar. Those people stayed because they were part of the webinar. You're that's that's,
2: you're, you're that's the, the ideal. Idea. Bob from Milwaukee, I'm going to do bad geography of North America now, or you know, Pete from New York, um, you know, answering their, their questions personally. I guess the challenge is, is as you grow and as you become more popular, you're going to need someone to then sit there and, and moderate yes. that for you cuz yes. you obviously can't present live and constantly, you know, switch back between you and producers.
0: The we, yeah, we, yeah, there's a shout out to the producers of the yeah, world. Right. There you go. Let's uh, be in the background screen those calls. Screen and, those and chats.
3: It's a, and it's a new streamer skill if you watch Twitch. The best streamers are the ones who're able to do whatever they're doing, play guitar, play their games and constantly rechat chat and i'm learning it i'm developing that skill but it is a new skill for, skill for streamers and when i want streamers who are good at it i don't know how they do it it's really amazing but some people are able to do very complex things speaking whatever and at the same time they're completely answering everything in chat with a fast chat that's that's the next stage of being a good streamer the, the
2: interesting totally. thing they do in YouTube is that you can do a, a super chat, so you can kind of pay money to kind of get in emboldened So you know the usual, you can everyone can chat, but you can do a super chat if you like donate some money to the to the person, and then you know, you'll kind of get involved. So again, that's another interesting monetization piece of this as it kind of moves forward, I guess.
0: So, David, your, your demo here is terrific, and I think it lays down the gauntlet for Tim and I oh, <laughs> in man. terms of our future uh, uh, presentations online and AV Nation TV. We're going to have to uh, up our game at least slightly. I, I can always bring more toys, but, uh, you know, using using the technology may be a little bit hard.
3: Um, I'm, I'm here to help. Let's talk offline.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Done. One of the things that's interesting, though, is, is, is bringing both David and, and Neil into this is um, – you know, we, we talked with Neil at, at ISC um, and, and chatted about some, some technologies. I met Maldo a number of years ago, actually at AVI Systems when he was talking, first started talking about uh, unified communications and, and, and video and how that those two ent- ent- entities have evolved both from the business side um, and, and the consumer side. And we, we were, we're in the middle of, of, of the corona COVID-19 thing. And there's been a lot of chatter, um, uh, uh, personnel this past Sunday, started talking about whether or not folks should start looking more and more into remote. Um, remote connections and, and remote um, uh, Tim, I have to interrupt you for a second. Yes. Those are
0: some really outstandingly written questions uh, for for for, Chris, uh, yes. for Mr. Neto on Sunday right I mean it's almost as if some third party really worked on making sure that those are some fabulous questions that were asked so definitely compliments for me as well but please continue
1: no, no, but here's the thing though That's one of the things that, that we've been talking with folks about about helping them um, if the conference gets gets canceled what do they do? Right? Uh, how do they recover some of those costs? You're you're probably not going to recover all the costs, but getting that content out to to people who are either not allowed to come because of uh, companies' um, edicts that said that the travel bans, and and I just got an email this morning from one, um, or the city, as in South by Southwest, or the the conference system system itself said, we're not allowing you to host your, your event. How do you continue to connect with your folks? And one of the ways, art is stuff like, what Maldo is showing um, and, you know, getting that stuff out there. Neil, when you guys are looking at at stuff like this, how are you able to help from a a poly manufacturer standpoint, get that that product smoothly and quickly to the front lines? Because there's some folks that's going to be needing that here in the next couple of weeks and months.
2: Yeah, we've, we've actually just put some bundles together for home workers with uh, yeah, a headset, uh, a conference phone and a, and a small camera because clearly, um, again, you know, a lot of co- companies out there. We had uh, I think it was Chevron, a, a North American company in London, shut their building down and sent everybody home um, in Canary Wharf recently. Um, and, again, it, it's great for people to be able to embrace flexible working, but if you don't have, A, the environment, you know, we've all got kind of home offices set so up, you guys have got green screens and stuff, you know, I've got my own purpose office because I'm based here. But if it's not your everyday workplace, you're going to be on your kitchen table in the corner of your bedroom, and you know, the environment's one thing, but then, obviously, the technology's the other thing, so it's all very well and good to be able to, you know, join a call. But if you're – uh, 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 and people can't hear you because you've got poor internet, you've got bad microphones, you've got bad camera. You know, that's that's in, leads to the real challenge. So again, we've started to put together some bundles around this. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, you know, as, as product supply from a lot of companies, you know, uh, you know is going to be a real challenge. And we're obviously doing a lot around that with our software uh, development and delivery. But again, trying to, to get some good packages, you know, cost-effective packages that we can get out to customers um, so that they can, um you know still have these contingency plans it's bad that the video conferencing industry always sells on a negative you know we love a good volcano going off or a good pandemic because you know for us <laughs> it's, it's always good but
0: i don't know if they love it but okay <laughs>
2: i get it, you know it's you yeah, know yeah, the the vc industry generally you know is great around the you know 30 days of doom when there's the Olympics or world cup coming to your town or it's a volcano going off and no one can travel. But again, it's a really great opportunity to actually embrace this. It shouldn't be a negative. We should make it a positive. You know, for me, flexible working means that I can drop my son off at school, pick him up, still carry on my day to day work, join, you know, cause globally with, you know, you guys in North America, me sitting here in London um, and, you know, being able to carry on my work wherever I am. So, um, I absolutely think you know it's it's actually going to be a catalyst to hopefully allow more organisations to embrace flexible working, embrace working from home, and more and more individuals will will see that there is that uh, the soft benefits from a from a quality of life point of view and a family point of view um, as well. So you know, yeah, and
0: Tim, is, I've been I've been just. I've been just stunned over the last few weeks. Uh, you guys have read my blogs for, you know, at least 20 years, you know, talking about remote working and smarter working and flexible working. And I've been fighting, you know, the the business publications and the and the, the, the Wall Street publications and, and major companies talking about, oh, this will never happen. This will never catch on. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this pandemic now, we have a flood of articles talking about, with all of these people who said it wasn't possible and didn't work, giving their tips on how working from home should work. The first tip is to ignore anybody who hasn't embraced it until there was a pandemic. Um, And, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's just really interesting how many of these guys want to jump on the bandwagon, but, uh, but let's, let's change gears just for a second, David, you, you gave us a little bit of a, of a heads up on the technology of uh, changing webcasts. And I think, Neil, you have a couple of things you want to share with us and a couple of slides to show around how the actual technology in the cameras and the microphones is changing using AI. And, and that we'll, we'll kind of use that as sort of the, the capper of this as to how these things are changing. So let's give you the floor for a minute. And, uh, and why don't you share with us uh, what you got?
2: Yeah, thanks David. I, I, interesting point that uh, you know Tim brought up earlier about the your uh, recording I think it was in New York. We're trying as a as a vendor as a manufacturer to put more you know production rules as we call them into our cameras and make our cameras more smart. Um you know traditionally a camera has been a, a mechanical you know pan tilt x y and z axis that mm. had motors in there. Got to grab one of these
0: and start yeah, pressing exactly. buttons. I mean, I,
2: Zoom it, pan it, tilt it. But the, the challenge that that always brings is, A, in a meeting room environment, you know, everyone does, either doesn't bother doing it or one team can do it, the next team can't. So you either get a massive wide shot of lots of dots down the end of the table or you get really zoomed in and you miss everybody out of the room. So, again, trying to put some of the AI technology and the machine learning technology into some of our products to uh, to be able to brace that. So um, I was just going to um, share up and sort of take you under the hood um, of actually what's happening and what's going on in some of our uh, into some of our uh, cameras. So uh, if I just bring up uh, my screen here, so. Um, hopefully you can all see this and uh, someone tell me you can so I'm not just talking yep. away without um, you know seeing the, uh, the content there. Cool. So again we're putting these production rules into the cameras. Uh, we've, we've had for a long time a couple of main ones. The First one being group framing. It's using a, a facial recognition algorithm which I'm going to show you in a second how it works. Um, And making sure everyone's in shot, you know at 9 o'clock you have two people in the meeting room at 10 o'clock You've got six people in the meeting room It always looks for the faces and always make sure you're beautifully framed and everyone is is absolutely in shot You're not looking down a bowling room table at two little dots down the end and in in many cases with any kind of video conferencing room Everyone gets held up and caught up on the in-room experience. I want the biggest screen I want the best audio and the best table and chairs But we always forget, or actually the biggest part of video is what the far end gets. It's what you're projecting to the far end. It's that one person who's self-isolating for 14 days and couldn't make it into that meeting today, giving them a good experience and trying to make them feel as close to being there as they can. So again, yeah, Neil, I'll, I'll interrupt you just with just sure. a quick
0: story. When I was a sure. consultant, I, I had to do a series of video interviews for one of my clients where I was, rather than show up in all their offices and do the surveys, they wanted us to use their video system. So they had rooms in 20 cities and we scheduled these interviews. And I have to tell you half of the interviews were with shots of people looking at their legs under the table. <laughs> um, and looking at their knees, people who walk into these rooms don't realize that there's something they need to adjust and the remote side can't adjust it and they don't know how or don't want to bother. So yeah, exactly. it's, a, it's a major improvement to know that that you will never have to pick up a remote or a touch panel again to adjust the camera. The camera's just going to figure it out.
2: No, absolutely. And again, the, the interesting dynamic of this is, you know, some of these, you know, big ecosystem vendors like Microsoft and Zoom, they, because they're working with all these different uh, vendors, they're not actually putting camera controls in their software. You know, if you, you take an MTR, for example, Microsoft Teams Room system, there is no camera control in the Teams Room interface. So you either have to use a manual old fashioned remote control or you use smart camera. And again, some cameras are smarter than others. And again, I'm gonna take you under the hood of some of our cameras and show you just what's going on. But again, we've got these other production rules. The so group framing is one, so as I say, always make sure you're perfectly in shot, depending on the size of the meeting. Speaker tracking um, is where we're actually pulling out the person who's speaking, bringing them into the spotlight, um, bringing them front and center and making their conversation um, you know, flow and uh, and as I say giving them that spotlight, giving them the floor to to talk, and as different people talk, um, it will cut between them. And actually, there's a new production we brought out which actually smoothly pans, which again I'll show you in a second between the people talking in the room. So it's no longer just a cut; um, it's as if there is a cameraman, and it eases. The camera so you get this really nice dynamic um, uh, exponential move that will slowly speed up and then slow down between the people talking in the room so it's very very um, fluid in the way it works and then lastly down the bottom you'll see uh, we have a technology called conversation mode where if you've got two people sitting further away from each other that are kind of batting or that kind of tennis rally between two people you yes it is no it's not yes it is no it's not it will actually bring up both of them and you'll get this kind of side by side of them looking at each other. And again, I'm going to show you how that works. So what I want to do now is, you know, this is the beautiful marketing slide. What I want to do now is take you under the hood and you know, give you the engineering views of what's going on inside our cameras. Um, so uh, this is. The raw output of one of our cameras, um, one of our our new studio cameras. Uh, We have a 4k sensor in there and again a lot of our cameras now are moving to what's called ePTZ or electronic pan tilt and zoom. Because we've got this 4k sensor now, because we've got these growing number of pixels that we can play with. We can actually do some quite clever stuff um, digitally with regards to image processing in real time. So I just wanna talk through a little bit of what's going on here and what you're seeing. So the first thing you'll notice is this image looks a bit weird. Uh, It's kind of pin cushioned. You can kind of see it here. It looks kind of squashed in um, at the top and the bottoms. And the reason for that is because the camera's got a 120 degree field of view. A lot of customers are going for huddle rooms. You want to sit very close to the screen and burn your retinas um, in these smaller huddle rooms. But the challenge with that is when you're going to a very wide-angle camera, um, by the nature of optics, you're going to get fisheying. And by fisheying, there's two real challenges. One is it makes all the kind of lines in the room Um, look as if they're slightly bowed and it also makes everyone look as if they've had a a few too many biscuits and cakes and uh and donuts and such like and and no one wants that in a in a meeting environment for sure um so we de-warp the image, we pin cushion the image in real time to make sure that, again, all these ceiling lines, all the skirting board lines, and David and Rommel here are actually in the right size and, and don't look like they've had a big lunch and um, you know it's an afternoon call and uh, they're relaxing out in the meeting room. So that's the first thing, so the de-warping of the image so that you get that really nice straight line. Some of the other things that are going on here, just to explain um, some of the things you're seeing, you'll see the, uh, the green box here around David and Rommel's face. That's the real time uh, facial recognition happening. So inside the camera, there is an AI engine. Um, it's sitting there and processing, looking for the T-shape of the eyes, the mouth, the nose, uh, looking for those faces and tracking them in real time. You can actually see the coordinates there on the, uh, on the image. Um, the other things we do is you can see this blue box, this sort of banding box around David and Rommel here that's the area of interest. So we're detecting faces in that box, in that area, and we're saying that's the area of interest that we wanna concentrate on. That's where the group framing is kinda happening. Now you'll notice this kind of cyan bar over here. Now the interesting point of this, this is the audio triangulation. Because if you just went on visuals, if you were a country that maybe has your president on the wall or um your uh, you know a picture of your chairman on the wall we don't want it tracking to a static you know we we need to make sure these are real people so the audio triangulation um you know goes on and makes sure that this is actually uh, you know happening in real time and and this is actually um this this uh, this piece here is actually uh a video, it's a, it's a real recording, um, as I say, of our systems. And if I, I'm just gonna roll it on, you'll see uh, in real time as David and Rommel talk here, and as if more people come into the room, you can see the room then fills up, you can again see those green boxes, see that facial recognition happening in real time, seeing the box change. Now, again, because we've got the, the AI engine, because we have the processing inside the camera, doesn't matter if we're using zoom or teams or blue jeans or whatever software uh, or application which we could do using facebook video to talk to our grandmother if we wanted to all of this smart all of this ai technology is inside the actual camera so what you actually get on the output is a beautifully produced video production so if i show you this is the raw camera what the camera sees and what the camera is processing if i actually show you the final production so here is that exact same scene, but as the raw output of that. As I, uh, as I roll this through, you'll see the camera really nicely zooming into Alan as he, as he talks, again, bringing him into the spotlight as he's got the floor. As then Gabriella goes to talk, you'll see a really nice smooth pan across to Gabriella. Um, and we're doing this all digitally on the sensor. There's no motors or panning and tilting mechanically. Again, Diana will come to talk and it will, it will smoothly pan to her. now. The AI engine at this point will see that Diana and Gabriella are kind of having a bit of a ping pong between them. They're sitting very close to each other, so we'll just pull back and show both of them on the screen at the same time. They're the two uh, important speakers who will pan out. Then someone else comes into the room that's slightly further away. So again, the AI engine is sitting there going, "Okay, you're further away. I'm going to do a cut because rather than this massive, great big camera move that's going to make everyone seasick on the call, I'll do a cut. And then again, as David goes to talk, we'll do a cut back to him because, again, the algorithm is saying, you're further away, I'm not going to do a pan, I'm going to do a cut. Now, again, as these two guys talk between each other, you'll see that split screen come in. And this is what's really important. And again, we talked about TV production rules, and it picks up really nicely from what David was talking about. What you can see here on the screen, these two people, David is sitting very close to the screen. So on the right-hand side of the screen, we've had to kind of pull right out. And uh, on the left-hand side of the screen, because they're really, really far away, we've had to kind of zoom in. So we've got this kind of um, idea with one side of the screen zoomed in and and one side zoomed out. But what we always want to try and maintain is that same eye level in the top third of the screen. If you do any kind of tv production you want to frame the image make sure the eyes are in the the top third of the screen if you bring up on your iphone you can bring up the grid that's exactly to get those eyes in the top half of the screen and again we want to try and make sure that their kind of faces are, are reasonably the same size you don't want it's a massive face on left hand side and a tiny little face on the right hand side um, we want to try and maintain the aspect ratios and again because we're able to do all of this ai processing all this video Um, and image processing in real time and the hardware um, it doesn't matter what software you're using again you'll get this production rule happening you can just concentrate on your meeting and to you in the meeting room it doesn't matter but again for that one or two people that couldn't make it into that meeting because again they're working from home they're working in a different office they're getting this produced kind of tv style production um, trying to bring them into the conversation as best, as best as possible. Um, so it's just some of the stuff we're doing on the new cameras. There's going to be more of this stuff, more production rules coming into the technology. And as these sensors increase, we'll then be able to do you know deeper levels of do, zoom and uh, and deeper level of, uh, of AI in there. Um,
0: what, David what do you what do you think I mean, yeah no that's 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 amazing David um you remember when I brought the little QB camera with me to Zoomtopia and dropped it on the table in front of you and three of the other analysts and then just kind of sat down and did nothing um that's that was an early generation of this where these cameras you know if they're built right um are now able to do all of this stuff that we used to have to pick up remotes for so no more user intervention um I feel kind of stupid with a degree in television production from the to the university of New York because I don't need it anymore because everything I learned is in the boxes. So I, I'm, I'm glad I've, I've upped my career in the unified communication space. But, you know, it's it's definitely going to be, think about all the rooms and systems that we've got installed where you've always had to adjust the shot, even us today, you know, getting headroom together and everything else. It's just never going to have to be done anymore because all of that intelligence and effort is now moved into the devices and we can focus on the content.
1: So let me yeah, have a yeah. question. Let me, let me ask a question real quick because I, I'm old enough to remember when the first um, robotic um, studio cameras were out there. And, and the, the camera uh, operator unions, depending on what city you're in here in St. Louis, it's local uh, UAW or it's a local um, um, IC, ICBD, IC, yeah, uh, IBEW. IBEW. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> what, what, at what point do we get rid of the robotic cameras? What point do we come up with an 8K camera or a 16K camera that does exactly what Neil's talking about in an actual studio environment?
0: Well, I'll tell you, there are theaters being built nowadays that have on the balcony uh, um, front arch um, 20 megapixel, 30 megapixel camera sensors shooting the stage, and they just shoot everything. And then if that happened to have been you know, somebody's last performance or, or a great show by a concert or a performance, you can go in in post with much of the tools that David Maldo was showing us and simply after the fact, cut a beautiful production quality with zooms and split screens and everything, but you're doing it all digitally. The optical piece of it is no longer necessary. As the sensors get bigger, You know, these are 4K cameras, as you point out, 8K, 16K, 20K sensors. These things exist nowadays. It's going to mean there is a difference. I, you know, I still have my production uh, um, education. There is a difference between a zoom and a truck and, and the difference between a pan and a dolly, because it does different things, changes the relationship of the characters. I, I remember, I remember my Herbert Zettel book, no question. Um, but, for the most part, a lot of this stuff is now going to be able to be done digitally, and, and there are sporting events now. There's a, an interesting company um, out, of, uh, out of Israel called Pixelot that you may, may or may not have heard of that are putting these huge image sensors in sports stadiums that are following the, the soccer ball or the football or the hockey puck automatically. So not only don't you need a camera person, you don't need a big installation. And by the way, you can put this in every high school now and charge the parents $10 to watch their son play in the hockey game or their daughter play on the soccer field all year. It's completely changing the way production is taking place, all because of these intelligent camera capabilities. I one... Oh.
3: It's um, yeah, one thing that stood out to me because I've been I've, in the last couple of years, I've seen a lot of demos for a lot of intelligent cameras. This is a huge trend in the industry. And just to give my friends at Poly a, a, a little, um, you know, something that I noticed as someone who sat through a lot of these demos, there's been a big debate in the industry. How do we do this? Do we pan? Do we, do we cut? Do we zoom in? You know, what, what's the right way to do intelligent flame fr- framing? And I like the fact that you guys said, sometimes we want to pan, Sometimes we want to cut. Sometimes there is no right answer. It depends on the situation. And that, that's almost like a generation two of, of, of looking at the problem, because at first we we're just like, hey, we can digitally do some of this stuff. And we had no idea what to do with it. So the, uh, just, just I mean, instead of saying there's one right answer, no, it depends on what we're doing. That stood out to me as something somewhat unique about uh, Polly's approach to this problem.
2: Again, that's the artificial intelligence. There is intelligence in the camera. It's not just always doing a cut and making the people at the end feel seasick because they're constantly strobing um, between the people talking. We're making these decisions and producing this video. I think the 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 one interesting thing, and you, as you mentioned, there are other competitors out there. You know, copying some of this technology, and again, it is becoming. Um, you know, more and more prevalent. Uh, some of our, our chasers and the people following us uh, have been trying to emulate some of this stuff in software and you know, the, the actual response times and the capabilities aren't as high. We're, the one interesting thing that we're looking at with this is actually taking it actually to a different level. So we talked about production rules and producing the video, that's one thing. But actually, because we've got this data, because we've got this machine learning in the room, we can actually pull some of this data out and use it as almost like an environmental sensor. So you saw those green boxes on everyone's face when I showed you the debug. Actually, we're counting those and we can say this room had four people in it from nine to ten and, and six people from ten to eleven. We can use it as an occupancy sensor. We can use it as a room utilization sensor. We can even again start to do some really clever things around, you know, how many, how many laptops are in the room, how many chairs are in the room, and again, how much of that technology and using it for insightful data um, that we're putting into a, a new uh, insight uh, and management tool. because. As we as, as Poly move more towards an eco and application model of, of solutions like Zoom and Teams, where they own the management and they own the, the platform, we can then, as a manufacturing vendor, with these smarts on the camera, um, be able to, to take those and use the AI data and use this, this metadata to then say provide insights into the usage of the room uh, and, and say use it for just more than production rules give you that, that deep level of analytical data,
0: and that's what you're going to see so, more of. Um, Tim, let me give you the last word on this. Any uh, your thoughts and comments about uh, what we've seen today about where a lot of this technology is going, both the physical and the, and editing uh, virtual?
1: Well, I think it's going to be a combination. It's going to be a combination of the the glass, as it were, to use old-school technology, old-school terminology. It's going to be the, the actual physical cameras themselves and, and, and the, the capabilities of those and the technology of those but the really, and, and we've been saying this for years, and this is not just in the AV or the UC space, it's every space, software is going to drive this. Both what Malo showed us as well as what Neil, Neil showed us and what you and I, David, experienced with uh, with our friend Mr. Netto a couple weeks ago uh, when we were doing the live AV and the AM. That software, that AI, and that that constant learning AI is really, really going to drive this and really going to kind of propel all of these capabilities. And yes, you know, every every... 13-year-old is going to be able to do this. That also means that every person that wants to work from home is going to have the capability to really, really up their, their game and connect with folks on a totally different level.
0: Absolutely. All right. So, thank you. So, David, how do people re- get in touch with you and find out more about what you're doing?
3: Let's do video.com or on Twitter at Let's Do Video.
0: Terrific. And Neil, you, how do people reach you, get in touch with you?
2: um i'm i'm on twitter uh, too uh, at n fluister uh if you can spell that uh, i'm also on youtube um so I search for uh, you can just google neil at polly uh, i'm the only one at polly i think i'm the only neil actually at polly i think so uh, if there is any neil sorry uh, but yeah hook me up on youtube linkedin and twitter um and uh, he's in and, the yeah, mail room subscribe. neil
0: <laughs> tim Navy nation how do we find out more about what's going on at Navy nation not just my show
1: uh avnation.tv uh if you want to hear me talking about uh, how much the blues are awesome you can follow me on the Twitters at td albright
0: it's terrific and uh, i'm david danto for uh for the imcca for avnation tv for whoever the heck else i'm representing for this particular show thank you for joining us we'll have some more interesting content coming up in the near future but for now appreciate you joining us and see you soon